0: Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip.
1: Vegas, baby.
0: With your host, RJ Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, along with regular Steven Nover. And we've got a special guest with you with us this week, and it is Spartan joining us. Guys, how are you doing today? Hi, Marco. Hey, hey Steven. Marco. we got actually a couple Stevens here. Spartan is a Steven also. So we'll just refer to the second Steven as Spartan because that's how you guys know him. He is a regular on our forums and one of our uh, up-and-coming pregame pro uh, cappers, and uh, just glad to have you aboard. Guys, we're taping on Wednesday, so Game 3 is in the books of the NBA playoffs, Orlando-Lakers. What a game last night. Orlando, what did they hit, like 62%? Uh, from the field and you know barely hung on to hold off the Lakers. What would you guys take from last night's game? Spartan?
1: Well, I feel very fortunate to even be here with you guys this morning, and my wife will testify to this. I was sitting there at the Bellagio Sportsbook last night, and I possibly had the most annoying man in Las Vegas <laughs> sitting right behind me. And, and um, as the, the gambling gods would have it, he was on the opposite side of me and uh, about reached around and pinched his head off six or seven times, so I feel very fortunate that I didn't have to get bonded out by RJ. That would have made a bad impression.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It seems like I don't know about you, Stephen, but uh, every time that I do go to the sports book and if I have a big play, it always seems like there is a guy behind me that's had about eight beers in... uh, has the other side of the game, and he unfortunately for me, he's usually about a foot taller than me too. So.
2: Well, well, my my funniest story in that regards is remember Roxy the, the odds maker. Oh yes. Okay, so Roxy at the time the Stardust was the number one sports book. You know, so obviously this is going back away. So Roxy had a meeting with the sports book director, and it was uh, early afternoon, and, and the Cubs were on. They were the lone game on, so they they sit in the in the back row just to talk, and they can watch the game. The guy right in front of them. The first pitch of the game, I think they called uh, a ball, and this guy yells, that was a strike! Oh, no. He's got the total. And so every pitch, he's screaming, every pitch. So Roxy finally turns to him and says, "Um, sir, do you have a a bet on this? And he says, yeah, 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 I've got the under and all that, and uh, this umpire's brutal. It's still the first batter. And Roxy goes, if you don't mind me asking, how much is your bet? The Uh guy goes, $50. Roxy pulls out his wallet and says, I will give you $50 if you leave. (laughs) That's great. So that took care of that. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Uh, you you know Vegas that's the great thing you you got stories all over the place and uh, you know one of these days we're gonna do a podcast with VR Steve and myself and just Vegas stories <laughs> uh, granted I've only been here two years and I've got stories too and you can have uh, some Pittsburgh pretty. stories well we got some Pittsburgh stories too yeah but see most of my stories that come from Pittsburgh you really can't say because <laughs> that would make it illegal <laughs> so, <laughs> you know sure. and we know you know I mean I you know I'm, I'm I don't do anything illegal but uh, let's get to Game 3. What a game. I mean, you know, the Lakers, you know, they wouldn't go away. Orlando was doing everything they could do. I mean, 62% from the floor. Rafer Alston. What a game. I mean, if if it wasn't for him, they're they're down 03. You guys agree?
2: He's come up big, which has surprised me. I I actually did a blog for pre-game ripping Rafer Alston when they made that move, so I look real bad cuz I've got to give him a lot of credit, but I I don't know. I, I give uh, sure we give Orlando credit, but I give the Lakers credit too. I mean that was a mail-in game, and they went balls out, and they they almost won it. Uh, I think Kobe was missing free throws there because he was fatigued. You know he was going so hard, and so I give the Lakers a lot of credit too.
0: Well, game four tomorrow night. You know, it's going to be a big game, crucial game. Um, You know, I'm going to talk both sides, and I told you guys before we come on the air that I'm going to be kind of like a New York lawyer here today uh, whenever we preview Game 4. Right now, I plan on using Game 4 tomorrow night as my NBA playoff game of the year. I, I really like the setup. There's two schools of thought. I'll lay them out there, and I'll let you guys debate them. Do you look at tomorrow's game? Do you look at it as, A, Orlando did everything in their power, to win a must game, 62% from the floor. Rafer Alston had a huge game. Kobe had an off night, missed key free throws, a key turnover You know, in the final 30 seconds of the game, uh, and still only won by four. Do the Lakers come back and win, or do you look at it and say, the monkey's off, Orlando's back. They got that first win ever in the franchise of the Orlando Magic if you remember the last time that they did make the NBA Finals that's when uh, Shaq was just a pup and they got swept does this team now have the confidence to go forward and make a series out of this um I have the answer to that, but I'll be saving that for my customers tomorrow. What do you guys think? Which school of thought are you going to? Well,
1: this is a pretty salty Orlando ball club. Um, I mean, I've been riding Orlando, uh, as a lot of my clients know, pretty hard, and it's had some success. Uh, Last night, uh, to be perfectly candid with you, we were sitting in the book, and I was stunned because the game tipped off, and I was on the right side of the book, and I was watching the hockey game. And I could not see the screen with the basketball game on it. And the place was packed, as you can imagine. So the first half of that game, I didn't see much. But uh, after the hockey game concluded, they switched the, the screens around. And when I started watching the game, I told my wife, uh, who actually bet that game last night, and that's not like her to do that. But anyway, um, when the I think the Magic got up at one point by, was it nine? Mm-hmm. I told her that they were getting ready to go bye-bye. I said, I think they're going to leave them. I said, I I just think they're going to go on a run. I think the Lakers are going to probably pack it in. And uh, I was kind of impressed with the Lakers' uh, grit last night to hang in there and do what they did.
0: What are your thoughts, Stephen? Well, uh, I'm
2: still formulating which way I want to go in this game four, Marco. As I said earlier, I give the Lakers a lot of credit Um how much though do they have left in the tank? I do think they are going to win a game in Orlando with this two three two format, which I think is very bogus. Uh, I can't see Orlando sweeping LA uh, in in Orlando. However, um, the Magic did uh, gain a measure of confidence. They had to have this game, and they got this game. and Dwight Howard had his best game. They got him off. And when they get him off, I, I mean, he's seen what the Lakers are doing now. He's had three games to maneuver and, and to know when, when they're how they're mixing and matching and double teaming and where the double teams are coming from. Uh, it, it sets up Turkaloo and Rashard Lewis, and um, these guys come up big. And when you got Ray for Alston, that, that's just dessert. You know, I, I don't, I still don't trust Alston, but those other three are very good players. So. Uh, uh, I was surprised by the line, uh, Marco and Spartan. I thought it would come four or four again, maybe even four and a half, but it's just two or two and a half, so uh, that does surprise me.
0: I thought it would be three, um, you know, come out two and a half. Didn't really surprise me that much. I mean, the public, I I believe the public's going to look and say, you know, it was a must-win for Orlando, and they got it. And, you know, as you said, Spartan uh, or Steven, it was a mail-in game for the Lakers last night. I mean, if there was one game that they could mail it in, it was that one. You know, up 2 nothing. you know, they could have mailed it in, but yet they still played the game strong, and, you know, Kobe was fighting at the end. The fatigue factor, I think, is starting to be um, come into play. I mean, last night they made a big deal on the, the broadcast that Phil Jackson let Kobe sit for a good portion of, you know, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He's never done that in any of the other games. You know, and, you know, he said afterwards, you know, Kobe was tired. I needed to give him, you know, some rest. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting game come uh, Thursday night. I like a side very well. One thing that we talked about before we went on the air, and I want to get you guys' opinion, I never could understand, and please tell me what the thinking is. You play all of these playoff series with a 2-2, 1-1-1 format. And then you get to the NBA Finals, the most important part of the playoffs, and you change the format. You go to a 2-3-2. What is the logic behind that and and why? And do you think it, it creates an advantage or a disadvantage? And even though there's the three straight games at home for the one team, you very rarely ever see a three-in-a-row sweep with those three middle games. What's your take, Stephen? You're our NBA expert.
2: Well, I think it's very unfair to the the, the team with the, the three home games in a row. I mean, when we grew up, you know, the World Series, it's standard. 2-2, two, 1-1, two, one, one, and, and the last game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the the team that had the first two games at home— I I don't understand it. I think it's a a very unfair setup. I don't know why they do it unless they want to save on travel expenses. I can't think of anything.
0: Yeah. Any thoughts from you, Spartan?
1: Well, you know, I I really don't. I'd love to hear that question put to David Stern and try to get some kind of reasonable response because it doesn't make any sense to me. But just to touch on the fatigue factor a little bit, um, you know, if you stop and really pause and think about it, these guys have been playing since November, you know. (laughs) And uh, the playoffs are a grueling stretch. And then we got some players here like Kobe that were also on the Olympic team. Um, They played an awful lot of basketball this year. And uh, I think fatigue is definitely – I thought I saw it in Bryant
0: last night, you know, myself. Kobe never misses foul shots. And what did he miss last night? Like five foul shots? I attribute
2: it to fatigue.
0: You know, Mm -hmm. definitely. So uh, it's going to be an interesting game. I can't wait for it. I'm battling a cold right now, but uh, I'm going to be a gamer. I'll I'll be at the Bellagio tomorrow night in the sports book, rooting on my. Oh, I got to wait. I got to save that for tomorrow for my customers. (laughs) But uh, I like the. I like this game tomorrow. One thing you can say, and I'm sure you saw it last night, Spartan. There are a lot of LA fans here in Vegas. I mean, uh, the sports books are always going to be dominated with uh, Laker jerseys, and uh, those guys go crazy for the Lakers. So, right. uh, be careful if you're, you know, when you're betting the other side. There it can get ugly.
2: A Question for Spartan: You said that you were watching the game last night at the Bellagio, but the, the seating arrangement where you could only watch the hockey game. it usually they have all a lot of TVs where you know you're never shut out watching the, the main game. There's always a
0: TV. They going
1: o- on. Stephen actually they only have had the uh laker game on the far left big screen and all the bottom screens And the middle the big middle screen was on baseball and i had one of them devoted to the hockey and the big screen on the right was hockey for the whole first half that's all you had and we got down there fairly early that's terrible because i told my wife i said i want to get a seat because you know this is big and uh I thought I had a respectable seat, but it was pathetic. I mean, I, was, Did
2: you go? Maybe you should have gone up to the book and said, look, can you put it on one of these screens? Well, There's a million TVs here.
1: I, I started to, but uh, apparently um, a bunch of people had already done that, and they just – for whatever reason, that's what they wanted to do.
0: For everything good about the Bellagio, and you know we all know, and you guys uh, love, and there's a, a forum post going right now about my Bellagio buffet heating habits. But <laughs> I love the I love the Bellagio, but I'll admit, for sportsbook wise, the Bellagio is not the best sportsbook uh, setup on, on, on the strip. Well, uh, that
2: whole chain, Bellagio, Mirage, MGM, <clears throat> it's all gone way downhill from a sportsbook st- standard uh, since Jimmy Vaccaro left years ago.
0: But uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, touching upon hockey real quick, uh, you know, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins force a game seven. What a you know what a series that has been. And I got to say, you know, hockey. I got one thing to say. Who are the people that decided to make the hockey schedule to go heads up against the NBA playoffs? This is two games that they went heads up against. You know the finals play every other day, whatever. You you can't schedule your hockey to be, you know, not opposite the most popular sport. You They're know. just That's
2: not sharp, Markle. They need somebody sharp in marketing. They're, it's just not, uh, you know, it's a great sport, and, and they can't get it across. They yeah, don't get
0: it, it. it. It's unbelievable. I just That just absolutely mystified me to see that. that two, two of the first six games, they went head-to-head against. Well, uh, Gary Moscow.
1: Bettman must be surrounded by yes-men. I mean, he's got to have somebody around him that can say, you know, have you got a minute? Let me explain something to you uh, this is how we need to do this
0: you know and, and it's and it's a great series and in, in you know lost in the story you know i mean i'm not a hockey fan I, i'll say that first and foremost but the fact that it's my hometown pittsburgh penguins you know i'm i'm, I'm watching it. and you know mark andre flory last night i mean this guy was unconscious he made saves in the third period last night that were incredible in um, You know, this is a rematch. How often do you get, you know, like a Super Bowl rematch or, you know, a World Series rematch? These two teams met last year. You know, it was the young Penguin team, you know, and they lost in six last year, you know, to Detroit. And now they came back. There was one point of the season, you know, in February that the Penguins were going so bad, they actually, actually fired their coach the coach that took them to the stanley cup finals last year got fired in february it's amazing and you know they were going that bad to end up going on an end of a season run you know to to make the playoffs and, and actually go from not even making the playoffs to end up as a fourth seed to get home ice you know in the first round and then make the stanley cup finals and have to go against you know Arguably the best team in hockey, the Detroit Red Wings. You know, a very veteran, experienced team. Heck, the Penguins even lost one of their best players from last year's team, ended up signing with Detroit in the offseason, and yet here we are, and it's a story that's just getting lost because they're in the shadow of the NBA playoffs.
2: Well, can't help you too much there, Markle. The last time I watched a Red Wing game, uh, Gordie Ha was playing.
0: (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) Well, you know, if it wouldn't be the Penguins in it, I wouldn't be watching either. Well, being
1: from Missouri, we have the St. Louis Blues, who's never won a Stanley Cup, so that explains my position on the deal. Well, you know who,
2: I, the, <laughs> you, you know who Spartan? Here's a trivia question for you who Fire the away. Blues' first goalie was? Glenn Hall. That's right. My favorite all time goalie. Mr. Goalie, Glenn Hall, because I was a Blackhawk yeah, fan. Glenn in the Hall 60s. And played with Gary Red Berenson. Yep, Red Berenson.
1: I did watch some of the games, Gary Unger.
0: One last subject that we're going to touch upon here in the first segment today. You know, it's it's a football subject, but this one is just irritates me to no end. I went, you know, and I got a couple guys in the room that are, you know, Wisconsin guy here with Steven Nover and a big Packer fan with Spartan. And Brett Favre, please, just retire. Go away. right off into the sunset. You've had a great career. Call it a day. I cannot go through another summer of drama every day with the Brett Favre watch. You guys are fans. What, What, what do you got to say?
1: well i um put a post on the forum this morning i'm always waiting for my wife to ready herself and um i, I just i i honestly could go on on this subject if i really wanted to uh, for probably a half an hour but i won't um i as i told people before i'm a diehard packer fan had been since the 60s i watched the ice bowl um i love the green bay packers i'm a stockholder it has a for the stock certificate hangs prominently in my office. I love the Green Bay Packers. I've been up there for playoff games. I froze my tail off. I love the Green Bay Packers. I loved Brett Favre. I mean, he was, you know, Bart Starr was my favorite Packer, and Ray Nitschke. But man, I when I've never been to a Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and uh, when Brett was going in, um, and made every had every intention of going. And that's uh, no longer the case. I, I think that he's taking a, a reputation that was pretty much impeccable and he's he's done um, damage to it that I don't think can ever be rectified. I think he's kind of made a fool out of himself. He played capably last year for the Jets. He did. I thought he started to kind of hit the wall at the end of the year. But uh, that's here and or there. I think the man um, – thrives on attention and and uh he's he's put himself in a position where i think he really had this uh goal maybe of uh, returning to lambeau field in a viking uniform and running out on the field and, and, and being welcomed home and is a way to say stick it to you ted thompson i don't think that would be the case if he did come back and take the field um People up there are Packer fans. They were also Brett Favre fans, but the Packers come first, and I think he kind of got that sideways. I think he thought Brett Favre came first, and that is not the case. But anyway, that just gives you a little bit of an idea how I feel about
0: it. Steven, you're a longtime uh, Packer fan, Wisconsin area. What uh, what do you have to say?
2: Yeah, I think what what Spartan, and he articulated that very well, and I think a lot of people agree with that, and I agree with it to an extent uh, I match Spartan. I go all the way back growing up in Wisconsin to the Packers in the early 60s, growing up in the Lombardi era. So I have a, a lot of uh, interest in, in, uh, in the Packers. And as far as Favre, yes, he has tarnished his legacy. He's become kind of a, a prima donna, a, a drama queen. However, I think the media deserves a lot of fault for this. Here's the bottom line with, with, with the Favre situation. Obviously, he wants to play. He wants to keep playing. He's surrounded by hillbillies. They're not giving him the greatest advice. He's, um, he's serious about playing. he's, he's un- underwent an operation. That was his problem at the end of last year. Um, he had an arm injury, and he took care of it with an operation. If he gets a clean bill of health, he's going to play. So the media should just leave it alone when something comes up. When he says, hey, I'm ready to play, or the Vikings make a statement, then go with the story. But this day-to-day stuff, uh, just ignore it. Just ignore it. That's on the media. When something tangible breaks, then report it.
0: That's a good point. Th- that's a good point. But for Brett Favre, why not make a decision, you know? It, Marco,
2: he's made his decision. It's obvious. He underwent surgery. Are you going to undergo
0: surgery if you're not going to play? Okay, I agree with you. But why didn't he have surgery at the end of the football season? So he didn't want
2: to go through it. He was hoping that it would uh, heal without surgery.
0: You know, I I love Brett Favre. I think he's one of the you know best competitors in the game. But you know, I love Muhammad Ali as a boxer too. But when you sit and ask me what do I remember about Muhammad Ali? I remember the last few fights. Not Larry a valid Holmes comparison. The hell out of him.
2: I don't think that's a valid comparison because Ali was a shot fighter who just kept fighting. Favre still is, can play pretty well. I think he's among the the, the better uh, top fifteen quarterbacks when he's healthy. Well,
0: if he continues to do this, he he could transpire into that where you don't know where to you know to walk away from your legacy. Go out on top. I mean. You know, last year, he had the Jets in position to go to the playoffs. You know, the collapse that the Jets had in December last year was bad. I mean... It was
2: Farr's fault. It was mainly Farr's fault. He probably should not have been playing. Perhaps it was selfish. He wanted to keep the streak going. Perhaps it was just courageous that he just wanted to keep playing. He was clearly hurt.
1: Wasn't 100%. Well, it's always sad, I think, when you see a, a Hall of Fame first ballot guy like Favre go out. And I'm not saying that he's at that level yet, but he probably still could go out there and compete capably. But, I mean, guys, I mean, we can all remember how bizarre it was to sit there and look at Johnny Unitas in a San Diego Chargers uniform, Yeah. Joe Namath in a Rams uniform. These guys uniform. were
2: washed up, though, Spartan. Favre yeah. is still has some good football left in him.
0: You know. I agree. You know, he's w What would you say? Would you put him at eighty percent of what he was? Eighty-five? No, that's
2: high. That's high. I'd say maybe sixty to seventy percent, but that's still better than half the quarterbacks in the NFL.
0: The thing is, you know, with me, whenever you've had excellence, and I'll give it as a situation like from horse racing, when I had a really really good horse, and then the horse had a couple minor injuries that. I could have kept racing the horse, but I would have had to put the horse in a claimer. I wouldn't do that because this was an invitational mare. I'm not going to cheapen her and race her in claimers. You retire on top. And, you know, when Michael Jordan came back, I wasn't a fan of him coming back. Even though he had some, you know, good years left, I wasn't a fan of him coming back. If he would have walked away with the final thing you saw of Michael Jordan was that winning shot in Utah, that's a movie. You can't write a script like that to walk away from the game the way he did. Um, I've had other superstars come back. Um, Mario Lemieux come back. Now, when Lemieux came back for the Penguins, it was a little bit different because his career got cut because of cancer. He beat the cancer and felt that he, you know, he got robbed of some of his, you know, some years left, and he come back. I think he also came back to try to save the franchise in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, it's, but he clearly wasn't the same player when he came back.
2: It's just human nature and the eagle that, that makes these guys such great stars. I can only think of three superstars that retired at the top of their game: Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, and Rocky Marciano in boxing. Can you guys come up with – it's only three in the last, uh, what, 60 years. They just don't do it. They just well, you know, them.
1: well, the Rock died, you know, in a plane crash. But he had right? been retired. How long had he been retired, Stephen? Do you remember?
2: I think he'd been retired a few years. Yeah, because yeah. I,
1: I still think that with the money – because Rocky Marciano was very – he threw his nickels around like they were manhole covers. I think he could have been talked into coming back. Um, but, you know, that's a good point. Um, Roberto Clemente, you know, he died in a plane crash. Uh, one thing that just jumped into my mind when we're sitting here having this conversation was um, Willie Mays hung around.
2: Oh, that's a, that's probably the example of the most beautiful guy of hanging around. I saw too Bush long.
1: Stadium at you know. Bush Stadium. You know when he was playing, and, and it was like 1973, I believe. And uh, it was sad to see his knees were shot. Mm -hmm. And he came up to bat and was just completely overpowered. I mean, they could have taken a beer vendor out of the stands and he had just as much chance of putting contact on the ball. It was sad to see Willie Mays in that condition.
2: Well, people that care about these athletes, that would be the poster child and the poster film to show that the guys to retire. But back to to Favre for a second. All right, we'll talk about just how good is he right now. Right now, let's say Favre does not play for the Minnesota Vikings. Let's say their quarterback is Tavares Jackson. Who would you make the favorite in that NFC North? I would say you're the Bears with Cutler or the Packers. Now let's erase Tavares Jackson and put Favre in as Minnesota's starter. I say the Vikings are the favorite then in the in the division. That's how how much worth I think Favre is.
0: Well, there's no question if you know without a that conference, uh, you know, with Detroit, Chicago. Minnesota Green Bay there's you know there's not a clear cut good quarterback I mean Cutler's Rodgers
2: Aaron Rodgers is very good and Cutler's very good
0: yeah they had to trade for Cutler to get him I mean they just brought him in I mean that division has been lack of a good quarterback and Favre's owned that division for how long uh, you know, I mean, whenever you had, you know, all the problems that Chicago's had with quarterbacks in the last couple years, uh, last cr- couple years, the last, last fifty years, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. But uh, the you last know. good quarterback was Sid Luckman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, being facetious; yeah, it's yeah, true. Right. But please don't make me laugh today, because I'll start hacking.
1: You here. see a list of bare quarterbacks that started for him in the time frame that Favre's yeah. been a starter, I, and I, it's I've like seen, reading man. a scroll, you know. <laughs>
0: kate it, mcnown <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable vince evans but uh, hey this has been a great first segment guys we're gonna uh be right back after a short break and we'll be talking some baseball in segment number two this is the pre-game sports betting preview show and this is your host marco d'angelo we'll be right back in one moment For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit PregameAction.com. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a Pregame.com podcast. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, and I'm joined with Spartan and Steven Nover this week. Vegas Runner is on vacation for his uh, birthday this week, and he'll be back next week. Normal uh, setting with us. And we're going to talk baseball as we do in our second segment uh, first off, uh, those of you that remember about a month ago, uh, me and uh, Steven Nover got into a friendly wager here on the podcast, and it was a bet for 30 days. I was taking the Pittsburgh Pirates for 30 days, just flat action, and uh, we were betting a lunch on it, not high stakes, but uh, all good fun. And as it turned out, uh, basically, uh the Pirates, I believe what Stephen were one game under five hundred
2: yeah, I did a just a real quick cursory look at a Marco, and I had Pittsburgh going fourteen and fifteen and money wise um i didn 't really add up the money i 'm not a mathematician, but they probably would have made made a small little profit. Because they were underdogs for three games against the Nationals that they won, which they never should have been underdogs.
0: Steven, you got to let it go, okay? <laughs> you know, let hey, it go. Hey, I haven't
2: forgotten that Mavericks game with that uh, official, you yeah. know, where they wouldn't call that attentional foul. Yeah. So and, I have hard times letting bad beats go and things. Yeah. I
0: haven't <laughs> forgotten King Jack either. <laughs> okay. Uh, against Ace Jack, yeah. all right, okay. Uh, but, you know, Being the sport here and all in good fun, we're going to call it a push, even though I guess technically I want a little bit of juice off it. So, you know. Well,
2: thank you, Markle. That's generous on your part. Because I think, like I said, I didn't do the math, but it would not have surprised me if the juice was a little on the We'll
0: we'll call it a push. uh, We'll come up with a new one. Yeah. (laughs) And I figure the money you had to spend for those couple flat tires to get fixed, it was okay. So, uh, moving on to baseball. Uh, Since we got Spartan in the house, you know, the uh, Missouri guy. We're going to ask him about a couple baseball teams there in uh, the Show Me State, and unfortunately they haven't been showing us too much, uh, Spartan. uh, What's going on with St. Louis and Kansas City?
1: Well, at the outset of the season, the expectations um, around the state for the Cardinals uh, were not what they normally would be. I mean, the Cardinals, uh, they're the predominant team in the state, there's no doubt about it. I mean there's millions of cardinal fans uh, in that in that state. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are a few hundred royals fans too, but it's it's a cardinal uh, cardinal state. But anyway, um it's Albert and then just uh whoever else. It's it's a sad situation. Um they got a good manager. A lot of people don't like Tony La Russa, but I think he's a very capable manager. You can't argue with his record. He can be a creep sometimes, but um Just lack of offense. I mean, basically, it's as simple as that. They just don't score enough runs. I mean, the pitching, you know, while it's not, you know, full of Cy Young candidates, it's a, you know, if Carpenter's healthy, it's a capable staff. Um, But just not enough runs. As far as the Kansas City Royals, uh, that's pretty much a dumpster fire over there. Um, I feel sorry for Zach Greinke. If he'd be pitching anywhere else, my God almighty, he'd be uh, on the cover of Time magazine.
0: Yeah, definitely one of the true, uh, you know, studs in, in baseball right now, uh, one of the up-and-coming pitchers. And uh, there's actually a uh, thread on the pregame forums right now. Uh, somebody started a thread of who's the best pitcher in baseball. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, mentioned uh, Grinky and, uh, of course, um, Holiday for Toronto. Um, you know, I'll mention somebody. I mean, he came back from, you know, th- this is a serious injury that Chris Carpenter came back from. And, right. Uh, his first few starts, I mean, this guy was absolutely unhittable uh, in his first few starts. Now he lost uh, the other night, but uh, this this guy, if he stays healthy, uh, you know, he shows form that he he may be back to some you know Cy Young uh, era, you know, the way he's pitching. Uh, what's the word out of St. Louis? Uh,
1: well, everybody just kind of holds their breath almost every time the guy throws the ball. I mean, he's he's a horse. I mean, the guy has got the ability to 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 do good things he's he's proven himself as a capable starter and he's a winner Uh, and, and a good guy also don't as a side note but um we're just we're taking everything we get out of the guy uh and being feeling very fortunate for it but uh he just keeps getting hurt and we're just waiting for him to be calling for the trainer to come on the field because he's got a problem with the shoulder we can just see it coming.
2: (laughs) Well I I think the
1: Cardinals hitting is going to pick
2: up. Uh, I mean Ryan Ludwig uh, he's been hurt Uh, and Keel's been hurt. They're starting to get healthier and I think their power numbers will go up based on on their history it should. They've got to do something with that left side of the infield though. I, I realize Khalil Green is Uh, He's got some real problems, and he's been a huge disappointment. But they knew Troy Gloss was going to miss a large portion of the season, if not the whole season. And for them not to address that third-base position, you you can't have such a weak-hitting left side of your infield, especially at the the hot corner spot.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it was just sick to get swept by Colorado over this past weekend. And uh, I got sucked in on um, Sunday. I I took St. Louis, uh, you know, not thinking that they could, you know, get swept and not only did they lose a three-game series and lost a four-game series is just you know even more mind-boggling to colorado a bad road team absolutely uh and you know kansas city you know it's a shame i mean they you know they had some you know decent young pitching and then it's uh you know it's just you know they're not getting any hitting it's a shame uh you know uh grinky like you said he's the only guy on there and uh the other guys aren't, uh, you know, pulling their weight for sure, and they just can't score any runs. What have they lost? Nine of their last 10 games, I believe, now? I
1: believe so. It's nine out of the last 10. Yeah, you
0: know, and, and they're in a division that, uh, you know, really is, you know, not that strong. I, I mean, Detroit's in first place in the Central, and, and Detroit by no means has played great, you know, great baseball this year. They just got some pitchers that are, you know, doing well. You know, Verlander's been pitching like an absolute stud, and, uh, the, that that uh, the young kid started off the year real good what was it porcello, porcello. Yeah. yeah you know so you know i don't know you know that division i believes you know up for the taking but it's not going to be by the kansas city royals that's for sure uh steven any other uh baseball team surprising you know, last week we talked about the mets and their injuries and uh you know they ended up winning you know a couple games last week uh, they had the being fortunate enough, would they play uh, Washington, I believe, and, uh, you know, they just started a big series with Philadelphia.
2: You know who, what team I'd like to talk to you about, Marco, and I know you know this team very well, is going back to your Pirates. Uh, unlike some of these other teams, the Pirates try very hard. Um, that middle infield, Jack Wilson and Freddie Sanchez, these guys are, are really good fielding infielders, and, and now that they brought up McCutcheon, you have McCutcheon and Niger Morgan, I'm not a big Niger Morgan fan, but these guys have great, <clears throat> excuse me, they, these guys have great speed. I don't understand why they gave McCloth away. That would have been quite the outfield.
0: Well, you know, I've had a good run with with Pittsburgh, and um, I had like a week stretcher. We, we were using a Pittsburgh game almost every night with the total or the side, and I'm actually taking... And a little break from them for a couple of days when they made that trade the clubhouse really was upset
2: I was fading them right when they made that trade but they, they won a couple times after they that. did they
0: it's the same old story in Pittsburgh and I and I really <laughs> just I don't understand it you know I I get tired when I hear this small market mentality all the time because you know I mean you know again I mean it's not fair to compare the you know the Steelers in the small market but there's three sports teams in Pittsburgh you got the Pirates, you got the Penguins, and you got the Steelers. The Steelers are a winning program every year. They play in that same small market, but the Steelers are a whole different breed. But hockey, they sell out the arena all the time. They're playing in the oldest building in hockey, Mellon Arena, formerly the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, is the oldest building in the, in the NHL right now. They've been
1: playing there like forty some odd years, haven't yeah. they?
0: Yeah, and this team puts a winning team on. You know, the ice every year. They've made it to the Stanley Cup Finals two years in a row, and yet the Pirates have not had a winning season. You've got to go back to when Bonds and Bonilla were there in, in the early 90s. This team, every time that they get close to that 500 mark, they trade away a star. And it's the, they have the mentality that they can't afford to pay them when their contract's up so that they trade them away to try to get value. Well, you're never going to build if you keep trading away your young, talented prospects as soon as, you know, you get to the contract year. Uh, And the players are starting, you know, to get disgusted, too, because this team was not that far away, and the Central was by no means a strong division in in the National League, Uh, you know. Chicago's been struggling. Nobody expected Milwaukee to still be in first place. We talked about them a couple weeks ago and expected them to come back to the pack, and they're still in first place.
2: They're not going to stay in first place, though, Milwaukee. Does. They're not.
0: And but who's gonna who's going to win that division? It's
1: up for grabs.
0: You know Pittsburgh. You know they're they made the trade. They were only five or six games, you know, uh, below five hundred, not even that. You know, for out of first place it's a situation i just can't understand the mentality and how do you keep selling that to your players you never are going to get a free agent signed to come to pittsburgh because the free agents that they have sold signed in the last few years have been guys that were deemed on the end of their careers you know that they were able to get you know 70 cents on a dollar so to speak it's a bad situation in pittsburgh
2: seems like the prospects they trade for aren't grade a prospects that's what's so sad about it, you know.
0: It, it is. It, that's true. And even if it was a grade A prospect as soon as he got to the contract year where he started paying <laughs> you dividends, <know>? you're going <laughs> to trade him away. Yeah. So you you got to stop it and then you got to quit using the excuse that it's a small market, you know, city, because the Pirates actually are turning a profit right now. They've got the books where they're they're turning a profit. So if you're turning a profit, put some of that money back into the team and put a Winning product on the field. You play in what, and, and I may be biased, but people talk about it all the time, writers and everything that have come to Pittsburgh. PNC Park in Pittsburgh is one of the absolute most beautiful ballparks in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that the product that goes on the field is so bad. Well,
2: they've had some bad luck now with their young pitchers. Uh, a couple of years ago, it looked like Gorzolani and Ian Snell were going to be good pitchers, but they've regressed. Gorzolani just got sent back to the minors, and Snell hasn't been good for two years.
0: You know, Zach Duke was a prom, You know, did he win his first seven or eight starts when he came up a couple of years ago? He had a bad year last year, but he's back to pitching pretty good ball this year. Looks like he until his to, last start. Until his last <laughs> start. Yeah. Until which, I played him. <laughs> <laughs> was that the seven six game uh, in extra innings the other night?
2: Yeah, he got, he got lit up. Yeah, yeah, I thought he pitched a lot better. I had I actually had the under in that game. Right? Ouch.
0: But uh, you know Pittsburgh I, right now. Uh, I I would stay away from the Pirates uh, for a week or two to see how they handle that trade because I, I can't tell you they were they were visibly upset with that trade.
2: Gotta like McCutcheon.
0: He he looks good. You know. Uh, again, we'll see how long they can you know they can keep him. How much you know uh, you know Boston? How much do they love uh, the trade that they got Jason Bay from you know Pittsburgh? You know it, it's just it, yeah it's, another example. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you can go. You know, the Cubs a couple of years ago when they got uh, Ramirez from the Pirates. You know, mm-hmm. it just it goes on and on and on. But uh, that's the second segment here with the baseball. Uh, one other thing here, uh, talk about big series going on. It'll be game two tonight as we're taping on Wednesday. Uh, Boston and the Yankees. Uh, you know, every year it seems like uh, when it comes down to it, it's going to be these two teams. And uh, right now uh, they're deadlocked in first place, Boston and New York with Two games left in that series. Uh, Boston win the first game last night in a shutout, uh, totally uh, dominating the Yankees. What do you guys think about uh, that series, and uh, who do you think is going to be the uh, the team to come out of the AL East, which looks to be the stronger of the divisions in the American League, as usual?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Last night, um, I did have the Red Sox as one of my releases, and um, I have to tell you you know quite frankly today um, that ball game still uh, on my card for today Uh, out of that division I personally think it probably will be Boston Um, and I think the Yankees will be right there you know obviously but uh, I'm I'm still a little bit concerned about the Yankees overall pitching strength.
0: I got to agree I I don't think the Yankee pitching staff is as strong um, you know, and the setup guys before you get to, you know, the closer it just leaves a little bit to be desired to me. Uh, Steven, what do you think? Well,
2: <clears throat> I think they're both obviously very good teams. Uh, I think you just hit upon it, though. The difference is the bullpen. Boston has the best bullpen ERA in baseball. I think it's, it's 267 or something like that. Yankees bullpen uh, ERA is below average. It's 488. Now, granted, they're Perhaps their two best setup guys are on the DL. Uh, Bruni and, and Marte—they're supposed to come back, or at least Bruni is maybe next week. That would give them a boost. But uh, Mariano Rivera is not the dominant closer of, of past years. I think he's like 39 years old, or he's—he's he's, he's up there in age. He's and he's—he's he's still good, but I don't know if he's great anymore. And that's a, a key difference when you have a clear, clear edge to the bullpen to Boston.
0: Absolutely. And once we get to you know the dog days of summer, and you get into the you know September. You know, that 39-year-old body's going to, you know, start to feel it. Uh, you know. Yeah,
2: well, that's the difference. The Yankees can match great hitters. Red Sox can throw their great hitters. The Yankees can throw their ace pitchers. Sabathia, Boston, can counter with their aces. Beckett, the difference is the bullpen.
0: And I think that will be the difference. What about Toronto? They're, you know, they're just a couple games back. They went through a horrible losing streak. Uh, do you think they got the ship righted there, or you know, or are they just uh, playing over their heads right now? I
2: don't know. Maybe Spartan might have a better take than I do. I think Toronto lives and dies by their young pitchers. We'll just see how good these young guys are.
1: I completely agree. Um, I kind of got, to be honest with you, I got smoked the first night I was out here in Vegas uh, on a bet I made. I had the Rangers uh, against Toronto, and it didn't work out. And then I noticed last night, Toronto, they did it again last night to them, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Toronto, I, I don't think they can win that division, but uh, I think it's uh, their misfortune they're in that division. I think if they were in um, the other two divisions, uh, it would be a different story. I think they could contend right up to the end.
0: No question. Uh, you know, I agree with you, Stephen. They're only going to go as far as the young pitching takes them. and uh, it, you know, I think as we go further along in the summer that uh, the Yankees and Boston will start to separate themselves from Toronto. And, uh, you know, of course, Tampa Bay, you know, they're playing, you know, way below expectations after going to the uh, World Series last year. They're playing, you know, below 500 ball, and they just really have not got that pitching staff going this year. Uh, You know, last year with, you know, the young pitchers, uh, you know, had a super year, and, you know, nobody can get it going this year. Do you think that's going to continue, or... What do, what do now, you know?
2: I, I think with the Rays, you know, twenty years from now, people will say God, these guys actually were in a World Series.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. The one thing that Toronto will go back to Toronto. The one thing they got is you know that it, you know every fourth or fifth day you're going to hand the ball to Holiday, and uh, you know that's almost as good as it gets. Uh, you know, and you know if they can if they can hang around and get themselves you know maybe into the wild card, and then once you get into a series. Um, you know, you get into a you know a seven game series. Uh, you know, a starting pitcher can carry you for two of those games. Uh, you know, anything can happen. But on paper, they just they're not strong enough to I think to go the distance. Um, that's been our second segment. We'll be back here with segment three. We'll take a look at. We'll have a coupon for you, and we'll look at some free picks here for segment three. Uh, this is uh, your host Marco D'Angelo for the Sports Betting Preview Show. I'll be back in one moment. For free, real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show at Pregame.com Podcast. This is our third and final segment, and this is my favorite segment. When I get to give away RJ's money, and as we do each and every week, we give away a coupon. It's good for $10, and you can use it when you go to Pregame.com. Pros.com, and you can make a purchase. And we got several hot handicappers at our site. And uh, I'll tell you one capper that's doing very well, and that guy is Nick Parsons. Nick Parsons has been on a roll. He's hit 11 of his last 12 bookie killer plays. And you can check out Nick Parsons at the site and all of our other red hot cappers. Use a coupon. And we're going to go with, since we have a special guest here, on the podcast this week Spartan we're going to make this week's coupon Spartan and the number 10 just spell out Spartan and the number 10 and you're going to get $10 off any thing that you want just put it in your shopping cart and you'll see where you can enter the coupon code at the checkout and it'll automatically take $10 off your order that coupon is a one time coupon and it will be valid through monday now, as we do each and every week at this time, we will give you a free uh, selection. And uh, we'll start with Steven Nover. Stephen, how's things been running for you with your picks?
2: Well, um, well, in the NBA, I'm perfect 2-0 in the championship series, and I will have a play on uh, game four. Baseball, streaky, Marco, uh uh, I had a 6-0 and Friday, but then had a losing Saturday. I went 3-0 and last night and have a lot of strong plays going today, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully I can start stringing some in a row in baseball. As far as a, a free play, it's hard for me to project a free play in, in baseball down the road, but I can talk about a, a team-wise. I say keep an eye on the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they've been underachieving. We, we were talking in an earlier segment about the National League uh, Central, who is going to win, and we agree it's not going to be the Brewers. The Cardinals don't have enough hitting. It's certainly not going to be the Pirates. It's, it's going to be the Cubs, but right now they're underachieving. But our Maris Ramirez, who has uh, been out, he's getting closer to getting ready once he gets in they've had a black hole there at third base and once he gets back in there that's really gonna be huge for the Cubs they're gonna get Rich Harden back in a few days so I could see the Cubs making a move very soon
0: and you that's gonna be your free pick here is you know follow the Chicago Cubs Spartan, how's things been running for you? I know uh, when you come with those triple star plays, uh, I take notice. Uh, How's things been running for you?
1: Well, I had a triple star release last night, and it was on Orlando, um, so I pushed on that at the four. Um, If the guy's foot would have been just an inch farther back, we all know that would have been a win. But anyway, um, I've I've been doing well with the NBA playoffs, been doing really well um baseball um kind of like steven i guess i've had days where it's just rolling and there's been other days where things just didn't make any sense but uh overall i've been i've been staying to the positive side of the ledger um interleague's always going to take uh, the best handicapper and make him scratch his uh, head a little bit uh, it's hard to get a handle on this stuff uh, if you're going to be perfectly candid about it but uh there's a series coming up this weekend actually two series and um Shock of all shocks, they involve two teams I follow closely. I look for the Cardinals this weekend to struggle um, in their travels to Cleveland. Uh, I do not have any stats right in front of me to bear this out, so I'm just going off memory. And so for a guy that had brain surgery, I don't know how much you want to trust that. But um, I'll tell you what, I do believe, and I think if somebody will do the background on it, um, check this out, I don't think the Cardinals have fared very well in interleague against the Indians. I really don't. And I don't see any reason the way the Cardinals are playing right now to think they're going to change that around. Um, And as far as the Kansas City Royals, uh, they're at home. Uh, The Cincinnati Reds are coming in. And um, I will be surprised if uh, Hillman is still the manager of this ball club in about two weeks. Uh, Being where I'm from, I hear a lot of the sports talk, I have my finger on the pulse of what the fans are saying. Um, this was a bad managerial choice. Um, I'll just come out and say that. Uh, the wheels are coming off in Kansas City. Um, if, if Honestly, I mean, sometimes it's as simple as this. If Zach Greinke is not taking the ball that day, um, it's, not, it's not probably going to have a good outcome. I mean, there's some guys on that ball club that, frankly, I just don't think have a clue. And uh, I think the Reds are going to go in this weekend and probably – At a bare minimum, take two out of three in Kansas City at the K.
0: Okay, very good. We'll take a look at uh, the Reds going in there and uh, taking them. Uh, I'm going to go to a series in uh, Pittsburgh this week. And uh, I know I said in the last segment that uh, I'm staying clear of the Pirates, but uh, I can't, you know, emphasize the fact that uh, this ball club right now, the the Morrell they really were not happy with the uh, trade. And we've got the Detroit Tigers coming in this week, and uh, Jim Leland brings his Tigers into Pittsburgh. I expect – this is a big series for Leland. I mean, he's a longtime Pittsburgh native. Um, you know, he, he coached the uh, or managed the Pirates through those great years. Is uh, he still well thought of there in Pittsburgh? Well, you know what, when he left to go to Florida, you know, uh, c- try to buy that championship that he couldn't get, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh – uh, a lot of people were unhappy, you know, that he he ran for Florida uh, with that situation. But, you know, time heals all wounds. Uh, you know, yeah, he's still a Pittsburgher at heart. I I'll, I know I'll see him in the dugout uh, smoking his cigarettes, as he always does. You know, he did that uh, for as long as I can remember. But the guy he is a good manager. There, there's no question about it. And returning to Pittsburgh, PNC Park, I I look for the Tigers. Um, they're pitching uh, just to handle the Pirates, uh, you know, with the hitting problems that the Pirates have. I think Detroit wins two out of three. The fact that Detroit will be on the road, you won't have to lay a big number with them, and uh, the value's there. I'm going to take Detroit. Steven?
2: I'd like to ask both Marco and Spartan. You guys are coming out uh, saying uh, uh, fade uh, the Pirates, fade the the Royals, uh what is your lay price uh will you go over a dollar thirty or is it what uh you know you're just talking generalities is there a
0: specific number that you would well obviously if if you're taking a general lay price for me uh for general action for three games as long as we're not laying a dollar fifty in any of the games we win two out of three you're going to show a profit and my goal is to take the win two out of three obviously the only game that's going to reach that number, close to that number, will be the game if Verlander goes in the series. He's going to be the highest-priced uh, you know, lay for Detroit. But being on the road, you're not, the Tigers are not that strong of a team that they're going to be over 150 in the series. That's what I would look at.
1: Well, as far as the Reds visiting Kansas City, as deplorable as the Royals have been playing, since it is at Kansas City, I don't think you're going to have to be laying any ridiculous number. I think you'll get a reasonable price on the Reds. Uh, I can't see the Reds going into Kansas City and laying more than a buck 50. Um, f- to be frank, I, I wouldn't be I, – I have to look at the pitching matchups. I haven't seen them yet, but um, I wouldn't be too scared of the run line in some of those games.
0: No, you know, being a situation where we're doing general action plays, I'm willing to lay up to 150 in a general action play. When I'm looking at my games, you know, on a daily basis – you will very ever seldom see me have a dollar fifty favorite. I will be more apt to go to a run line in a game before I lay one fifty or more in a in a ball game and that's and again, I know we've had debates on run lines before, but for me to take a run line, if my handicapping shows that my team is going to score five runs or more. I will lay a run line rather than lay a dollar fifty. Um, I I think long term the value's there, but I have to have a team that's got you know offense uh, that I can do that.
1: I agree, hundred percent.
0: Okay, guys, that's been our sports betting preview show for this week. I want to thank our special guest this week, Spartan, and it's always great to get our cappers when they're in town here uh, to stop by the pregame offices and share their knowledge with you and let you guys have a chance to uh you know hear what they're all about and just a special side note uh we also are taping a meet the pros podcast with spartan and that'll be up on the website later this week you'll be able to actually get uh, a one-on-one conversation uh listen to my interview with spartan and hear how he got started in the business and his handicapping style and of course uh, Stephen steven with us uh As always, uh, good stuff, Steven. We'll be back next week. Uh, Vegas Runner will be back in the studio next week. And for uh, Spartan and Steven Nover, this is Marco D'Angelo, your host. We'll be back next week with the Sports Betting Preview Show. Have a great week, guys.